so are you familiar with the Twilight series? Like, Twilight, like the little vampire people? Yeah, I've never really... He said Twilight. Any... I immediately went Twilight Zone, but then I'm like, oh, wait, he said just the one word, just Twilight. Yeah, just Twilight. No, no, I was thinking, so I don't know much about this. I've never read the books, never watched any of the movies, but from what I gather, just from like being in America, is that it's essentially a story about a teenage girl trying to figure out her kink, and she almost goes with bestiality, but lands on necrophilia. <laughs> <laughs> like, do I have that right? Like, is that... You do, yes. As far as what I know, it's because it's my wife was very into that for a while, and so I didn't have to like directly know, like, be exposed to it, but indirectly, I've heard things or had her explain things. Okay, so we'll we'll run it by her just to confirm, but I don't think I'm too far off. (laughs) No, no, no. I think I think you're pretty close from what I understand. Cool. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome to Beer and Bible. Um, we are not going to be talking. Well, well, we'll talk about the undead um, with, with Jesus because he comes back. Spoilers. Oops. But That's anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So um, but uh, yeah, welcome to Beer and Bible. I am Neil. I am uh, the, the research guy. So that's what I do. And this is the guy. Uh, I'm Chris, the super high function alcoholic and official Bible reader. And, and, that's it. and... no, you're evil. Oh, evil. Yeah, how did I forgot about that one already? I have a drinking habit. Uh that was when it talks about um uh what he when Jesus talks about being a good parent and Oh yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Good father doesn't like switch out like when a kid asks for a fish, you don't give him a scorpion or you give him a snake. <laughs> when we ask for an egg, you don't give him a scorpion. And that's exactly what you would do. That's right. Yep. That the snake snakes are cool. I mean, not so yeah. much in like the Genesis part, but you know. I mean, they never specifically had a, said it was a snake, right? Serpent. That's a whole other thing. When we get to Genesis, <laughs> it's a whole other uh, bag of worms. Yeah, uh, a bag of snakes. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but you you never had a scorpion, but you had another arachnid. I had right? a tarantula. Yes, yes, I had a tarantula because my I was living with my grandparents, and um, they I was my grandma knew that I had an infatuation infatuation with snakes, and she said specifically do not bring a snake into this house. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then like a week later, I had a rose-haired tarantula in the house. <laughs> and um, she was not very happy, but kind of like, mm, yep, you got me. All right, all right. So, <laughs> yeah. I like I like how you just went straight to the thing, like the scary things. You couldn't get a puppy or a cat. Nope. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think the, probably, the snake would have been less intimidating because it's like, at least it's something like, when you see a spider, they're really small, but like a snake, you kind of like already know in your head, like it's already like this. It's kind of like when you see a snake, like in this area, it's going to be about the size and it's going to be about, you know, what you're imagining in your mind. But when you walk in and like, you've never seen a spider that big before. And then there it is like, yeah, I could see that probably was, I didn't do it out of spite either. I love my grandparents more than anybody else. So yeah. You know, wife included. (laughs) So. <laughs> uh hey uh let's go back and uh oh you're going back to your drinking problem what are you drinking tonight oh oh, oh it's a habit neil first of all it's a habit, habit. sorry <laughs> i'm split between two things i have just finished up a uh new belgium voodoo ranger juicy haze ipa i know it's a mouthful but i'm obsessed with them right now and a couple of the other guys in our mountain bike uh group have been become obsessed with them 
Uh, also, a uh, now <coughs> I've started on a Deschutes Fresh Haze IPA. And so I feel like with that being said, you know, that we've talked about my medicine, um, we should do a little sidebar. Things may sound a little different on this podcast because <coughs> I am officially on quarantine right now with my family. So um, oh, yeah. me and Neil are going remotely here, but it's still, we're still flowing. Also, my cough is not COVID related. I don't, I'm, I, I contribute it to jogging and mountain biking at night in, you know, two days a week in 30 degree weather and like 30 below um, <laughs> weather. <laughs> but that, yeah, I, I've been tested twice and both have come back negative somehow. So either I'm immune or I think it has something to do with like the blood alcohol content where it's just like, you know, viruses can't really thrive in that type of environment so that's that's my you know personal science i i can't argue against that i don't have that kind of knowledge i, I got bible stuff man my i'm attributing for- the cough up to like a scorched yeah. lung syndrome from just doing dumb activities at night because of the time change yeah yeah well eventually it'll warm up we'll, we'll get there again but uh yeah yeah, yeah. take what I, you will I, from that but but long story short i'm not getting neil sick and that's yeah. why we're sounding a little weird tonight. Yeah. And I, again, I, I appreciate <laughs> your medical uh, diagnosis. Again, I only have the Bible. So to me, everything's demons. Like, <laughs> this is sin. it's sin. Yes. Uh, <laughs> all right. So we are in Matthew chapter seven, and we're just picking up where we left off uh, last episode. Um, I think we were talking about the fruits, right? The the false prophets and the fruits and all that kind of stuff. There's the narrow gate that you're supposed to go through, and then there's the wide gate, which other a lot of people go through. And he's saying go through the Jesus using this metaphor, like he's not talking about a literal gate, um, but he's talking about this metaphor of going through this narrow gate. And what you could look at these narrow gates is it's the description that he like kind of what he's been saying how you should be living using the entire Sermon of the Mount on the Mount. So if you want to know what what Jesus has been saying in order to go through this narrow gate. You look at all the past episodes that we've been doing since Matthew chapter five, and you get the idea of what Jesus is calling people to live like. And then we moved in and we talked about these false prophets that were coming in, uh, in sheep's clothing. Um, they were actually ferocious wolves. Uh, we talked about uh, picking grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles, but instead they're talking about a tree that bears good fruit. And that is generally understood as the works and the deeds. And, you know, like if someone's a good person, they're doing good stuff. Like you can't be like, that's a great person that's never done anything nice in their life. So that's where we're picking up. And uh, Chris, you're our official Bible reader. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yep. Seven verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord will enter. Wait, that messed me up. Just right off the jump. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? And I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. <laughs> that first one messed me up because he's like, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord. And I'm like, Lord, what? <laughs> just because <laughs> you say his name doesn't mean you know him. Yeah. Just it, it, apparently, just because you drove out demons in his name doesn't mean you know him either. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
that's kind of what we're getting into is how do you know what is this like damn i haven't done any anything even close to driving out any demons i may have like put some demons in some people that i know so (coughs) like i'm screwed are you are you talking about your children again no 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 no. okay okay they've got their mother yeah well the putting the demons in thing threw me (laughs) off um Anyway, so Lord, Lord, like, so this word Lord, uh, sometimes in the, in the Old Testament is used as a um, replacement for God's name. So in Judaism, there's really only one forbidden word or in Orthodox Judaism, there's one forbidden word and the rest is just a matter of politeness. Um, so, <laughs> and like in a Southern American Christianity, there are a lot of words you're not allowed to say. Um, but then like, Everything else really just uh, in a Jewish mindset uh, or Orthodox Jewish mindset, from my experience, is that it is a matter of politeness. So uh, the way that the Old Testament handled it is it translated it as uh, Lord, Lord, or uh, in the Septuagint, that is the Greek text, it's kudios, kudia, uh, kudia, So Lord, Lord. And so the first question is, is this Trinitarian? That is to say, is anyone who says to me and like is calling me the name of God saying to me, God, God kind of idea. So uh, maybe it's not about that. Maybe it's just respect because you can just, at that time you would just call somebody Lord and you would actually say Kyrie uh, or to, to call their name. So you would say, um, I think it's Kyrie didaskale. That's how you would greet your teacher in Koine Greek. Hey teacher, huh. like teacher, Lord, Lord teacher. Oh, Lord gotcha. Teacher. Yeah. So it's like, it just could be just respect, uh, like a mister. Uh, it may be imported at a later date when they form more Christology. So it might have been that, like, Matthew didn't necessarily think Jesus equals God, but later on Christians thought he did. Or maybe, like, Matthew did think that Jesus equals God, so therefore he adds it in there. So it's not like Jesus was actually trying to say he is God, but they were trying to make him sound like he was saying he's God. So that's another, like, idea. Um, maybe Jesus, uh, knew who he was. So he, maybe he, like Jesus was aware that he's God and he was using this on purpose and he is trying to be Trinitarian. Like anyone who says to me, God, God refers to me, Lord, Lord. So maybe that's what he's saying. Um, this is also, uh, attached to the idea of like, of Jesus being the divine God or divine judge, sorry, divine judge. So even if he's not saying he's God here, he's at least trying to make some sort of a equivocation or a similar equivocation by saying that he is able to judge so even like just bear with me he could just be yeah sorry he could just no, be, he's, uh, he's saying like i am on the same level like i'm judging on god's behalf so even even if he says that there's some closeness of equivocation not maybe not direct equal but at least so close to it that um anybody who's trinitarian or or, or uh, looking at this should kind of tilt their head and listen up a little bit closer. Um, and the term Lord, it was also used by John the Baptist back in Matthew three, three. Um, and then it's going to be used five times in the next chapter. So it could be a setup that he's trying to say, uh, so, so he's kind of doing this whole teaching section and he's ending the sermon on the Mount. That's what we're going to do tonight. Didn't tell everybody that, but that's what we're wrapping up tonight. This huge teaching section. So he, first uses this term Lord, Lord to refer to himself. And now he's going to be using the term Lord in the next chapter multiple times. So it's almost like preparing you for the next section, maybe. Um, mm. And then it talks about the will of the father. Like anyone, you're just talking about like, I haven't cast any, any demons out. So 
maybe it points to chapter 6, verse 10, which was still in the same teaching section when it says, your kingdom come, your will be done. So, like, anyone who does the will of my father, which is what he wants, then that would be it. That would fall into place. Uh, what What gotcha. is... Yeah. And then... And the question is, well, what is the will of, of the Father? Well, is it? It's not necessarily casting out demons, uh, or uh, or perform miracles in the name. Um, one way to understand this is because, again, this is this is these are the closing statements of the past three chapters. So maybe the the will of the Father is everything he's just explained, like the whole. Uh, you know, give if somebody tells you to go one mile, go with them too. That's like all that stuff that we just covered in the past couple episodes is the will of the father. Um, it could be hearkening back to the broad and narrow gates. You know, you guys who've gone through the broad one, this is what you guys think, but really it was supposed to be go through the narrow gates, which we talked about earlier. Uh, could be referring to the scribes and Pharisees. Like who are the people that are going to be saying, didn't we cast out demons in your name? Well, if we remember back to the beginning, again, if we're looking at this as like a bookend speech, he said, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, so you could be – maybe he's using the scribes and the Pharisees as the antithesis of what he's calling for, which in this case is those who do the will of his father. Um, could these be the false prophets that we mentioned last episodes? Uh, so see, so some people believe that. Um, could be pointing to – so there's also later on in Matthew chapter 25, there's a whole section <laughs> where it starts talking about like – some of this makes you think like final judgment kind of stuff when it says things like – uh, then I will tell them plainly and plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers, you know, like that kind of stuff. Maybe, yeah. but yeah, like maybe that's in time stuff. Um, but that would be kind of Matthew 25 ish. So that could be a little bit later. So that's something completely different. Um, also, uh, there's, there are a couple scholars that have actually pointed out that fake miracles can be replicated. So didn't we do miracles in your name? Can't we, didn't we do this? And it could be that he just made it all up. So it's all fake. So that could be one thing. Um, another option is that this is pointing to chapter 10, where he's actually going to be talking about people casting out demons. So, so far, uh, the disciples have never cast out demons. Like Jesus, Jesus has been doing like the sickness and healing stuff, but none yeah. of, none of our, like our team or a simple team of Avengers have not done any of that yet. They don't have their superpowers yet. So that's not coming until chapter 10, and that's when they're going to be casting out demons. So maybe he's telling them that you're going to be doing this really soon, but just don't think like, like once I give you the superpowers, don't think that you're all that. Like, huh. like it's, it's not about the, the cool, like healing stuff. It's about you actually being a good, decent human being. So that makes me think like some of those like televangelists and stuff. Like if they, I don't know, without getting to like, I personally have never healed anybody i've never like had people like heal me or anything so i'm staying out of the the true or not true i'm staying within the concept of people who assuming that this is true people can do that that should not be like that should not be your basis like whether they can or can't heal people is not my concern it's really are they an a-hole or not like if they're a good person th does that make sense yeah yeah that makes sense okay yeah okay Cool. Um, and then when it says, uh, there's a lot of this could just go all the way back through the, uh, you know, again, what are these things like the will? Um, well, these people are doing things that are at sight. We talked about almsgiving, prayer, fasting, and earlier ones. Um, but they're like the things that they, uh, 
they have done these things in sight. Maybe they shouldn't be. Maybe they're supposed to be, you know, really seeking the kingdom of heaven, seeking God's favor. Uh, and they did things like um, miracles uh, and things to be seen. So, so again, we, we talked about giving to the poor, praying, fasting. And earlier he was saying how the the hypocrites would the hypocrites, the people that wanted to be seen, were going out into the streets and be like, "I'm." fasting of starving for days and yeah making a big spectacle of it and like putting it on display yeah and, and what does he say he says they've got their like he says like they have their reward already here but if they do it in secret then the father sees them so that makes almost makes sense for when he's like if you do it on display for everybody else and you don't do it for god so then when you do show up god's like who are you again i'm sorry who who i don't know you <laughs> who's this hmm so like maybe that kind of idea like i'm again this is this is just a lot of ideas out here from different scholars and reading and things um i never knew you uh this might be the whole know them by their fruits connection like he just last episode we talked about and you'll know them by their fruits it's like i didn't know you i didn't know about that uh and other people take it as like i never knew you in that it's a matter of foreign uh foreknowledge or predestination um so that way like i I never, like, I was never going to know you. Like, I never knew you before. I never knew you after. Like, you were always basically set to go to hell forever and ever. And that's that, like, if you're familiar with Christianity, there's this predestination concept where you don't have free will and God has already established (laughs) everything. So that's idea. Uh, Luke, the Gospel of Luke, another biographer, the way he writes it is, I do not know you, where are you, uh, or where you are from. Like, I don't even know where you're from. Who are you coming up to me? Who dis? Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know if God's got a phone, but new phone. Who dis? Um, yeah. So uh, also, when he says confess, um, it also uh, the word hum, uh, homolegio, homolegio uh, can denote this like an irreversible verdict. Like what's been said is said. Like depart from me. I like I confess. Or like that's it. Like there's no coming back from this. Um. He says, depart from me, those who practice lawlessness. It's actually it could be like a quote from Psalm 6, 8. Um, Away from me, all you who do evil, for the Lord has heard my weeping. Uh, so it could be that. Maybe he's like, he's trying to pull, maybe Matthew's trying to pull from some like traditions that they know. Uh, away from, uh, sorry, not, not depart from the kingdom, but depart from Jesus, maybe equaling his presence to the kingdom. We've talked about that a little bit before. Uh, the kingdom of heaven, from what we understand within Judaism, is this, idea of uh god's will being enacted on earth so whether that is jesus saying it whether that's john the baptist saying it or any of the old prophets or king david this is not a a new message so i do have a little bit of trouble with that one um but maybe maybe he's saying that his presence is is the kingdom of heaven which kind of makes sense because he's showing up and he says over and over again i'm bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth so there's that um, and then there's the idea of lawlessness, like what is law or what, what is that's something I'm now I'm thinking of that stupid song. What is love? Sorry. I distracted myself on that. I didn't, and you had to say it. So now it's going to be stuck in my head. Yeah. I, like I didn't even need your help to distract me. Damn you. That happened to me. So what is law? Um, uh, so, uh, the word nomos or law is used many times with, uh, to refer to the first five books of the, of the Torah of the, of the Bible, the very first five books. Um, this usually just means that they're violating these ethical standards of what was expected. And then, uh, yeah, so that's, I'm, that pretty much summarizes that up. I'm sorry. I've just been talking this whole time straight through. I've not given you no, any like, crazy opportunities just to talk. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just soaking it all in. Cool.
cool um because that's a lot of different uh ways ways to to approach that yeah and again the correct scholarly answer is i don't know no the correct well the correct theological answer is just shut up that's what god said yeah yeah i think or jesus said yeah that i think that's what's preached from the pulpit most of the time is just shut up that's what god said uh anyways uh, do you want to continue on to verse 24 through 27 i can definitely do that let's see here i was actually reaching for my beer earlier and knocked the bible off i didn't spill it the the bible okay good let's see 24 therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell with a great crash. I'm glad like he, Jesus goes through and actually describes like how did it fall like to the side of, with a great crash like this thing came it got down. fucked up yeah um it's funny I've heard that story so many times I've, I always I could never point and look it up and like look it up and point to it in a Bible but I've heard that shit so many times like that's the thing about this whole Sermon on the Mount thing that we've been going through is just these are all the things that you hear either people like quoting or like see it on TV. It's, it's a lot of it's found right here in these three chapters. Um, so um, that's kind of why, why it takes us forever to get through this. I can't speak to why it's going to take us forever to get through the rest of it, but I can at least speak to <laughs> why it's taking us to get through this is there's a lot of stuff going on here. A lot of like famous quotes. Um, so does uh, so Jesus kind of wraps up this, this like long teaching. And again, this, when I say Jesus is talking about it, it's the Matthean Jesus. Like, did, did Jesus really, like, this was his entire sermon. He just, like, spit out nuggets of gold, like, just, like, throwing throwing it down. Everyone's And Matthew's just, like, writing word for word. No, probably not. Um, it was probably happening as, as Matthew is compiling. And this is, like, I can't speak. I wasn't there. Matthew was. So I could be wrong here. But just the way that it's formulated, it looks like, uh, and, and these five sep- separate sections of teaching and how it doesn't quite correspond with the other gospels. It does look like uh, Matthew is compiling a lot of these teachings into one section. So he's ending it, uh, Math- the Matthew Jesus uh, or Matthew's version of Jesus. Um, just again, to like cover if people don't know this, like if you think about somebody that, that you know, and you, were to describe them to somebody that's your version of that person so this is matthew's version of jesus and that like all of us ha- each one of us has individual understandings of people that we know if um so this is matthew's version of jesus um so he's ending it with a lot of par- with a parable that's very common in rabbinic teaching so they end it with a parable um and then these are familiar words in ezekiel 33 32 Uh, Indeed, to them, you are nothing more than one who sings love songs with a beautiful voice and plays an instrument well, for they hear your words, but they do not put them into practice. Kind of that whole, like, all right, if you're going to be smart. Wait, did you spit that off the top of your head, or did you read it? I read it. I'm going to call my fucking union (laughs) rep. Oh, shoot. Oh, man. (laughs) 
I'll allow it since you're not in the room with me and you're miles yeah, away. Yeah, I, I should have like yeah, you can you can't tell that. Like I could have lied to you about <laughs> taking my job. Yeah, shoot, shoot. Sorry, man. Sorry. Um. So yeah, the uh, so that's the whole thing of like you're, you're not putting into practice. All right. So this is not the Bible. So I'm okay on this section. I'm gonna read some rabbinic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to read some rabbinic stuff, and that way you can't catch me on it. Now, remember, rabbinic stuff um, is sometimes attributed to before Jesus, but it's not going to be written down until after Jesus. Uh, it could actually be within the same time frame of uh, of the um, of the disciples of like of these guys. I think most of the things are attributed to third century, so like 150, 200 years after um, Jesus, probably yeah, at least at least 170 to 200 years after Jesus. Um, is when these things are written, but uh, I don't have the the, the time on this one. Um, but in Avot the Rabbi uh, Nathan, we read Elisha ben Abu uh, says, "One in whom there are good works, who has studied much Torah, to what may he be like? He likened to a person who builds first with stones and afterwards with bricks. Even when much water comes and collects by their side, it does not dislodge them." But one in whom there are no good works, though he studied the Torah, to what may he be likened? To a person who builds first with bricks and afterwards with stones, even when a little water, water gathers, it overturns immediately. So again, like hmm. like the whole ha- keeping the good fruits and like doing good works and being like a not a crappy person, that's kind of the aim here. Um, yeah. And then here I got another quote. Uh, this is coming from Mid, uh, Mishnah Avot 318. Rabbi Eliezer ben Azariah used to say, anyone whose wisdom is greater than his deeds, to what is he likened? To a tree with abundant foliage, but few ro- roots. Uh, when the winds come, they will uproot and blow it down. As it is said, he shall be like a tamarisk tree in the desert and shall not uh, see when good comes, but shall inhabit the the parched places in the wilderness, Jeremiah seventeen six. But anyone whose deeds are greater than his wisdom, to what is he likened? To a tree with little foliage, uh, but abundant roots. For even if the winds and the uh, all the winds in the world were to come and blast at it, they will not move it from its place. As it is said, he shall be a, a tree planted by the waters, and that spreads out its roots by the river, and shall not fear when the heat when heat comes. And his leaf shall be green, and shall not uh, and shall not be careful in the year of the drought. Neither shall uh, shall cease from yielding fruit. Jeremiah seventeen eight. So again, like that's be a good person. Like that's cool. <laughs> I'm noticing a theme here. Yeah, it's like it's cool if you're smart and that's good, but don't be an a hole. That's that's what we're getting. <laughs> And these are written after Jesus, but the the idea is that like we've talked about this before, where Jesus is saying stuff, but uh, not to take away from his specialness, but the originality is you know something we might want to call into question a little bit, or that it's not like completely new, or maybe again, Matthew's probably written before these are written down. I'm not saying like that these guys didn't say it beforehand. I'm just saying that maybe the first person to put pen to paper was Matthew, so. I mean, <laughs> copyright laws, it still works. Um, so uh, he did get put in the Bible before any of the rest of them. I don't know if you had any saying that. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. So Jesus first. I mean, like, it could be one of those. I'm trying to think of like different lawsuits where that's happened. I think Tom Petty and uh, almost sued 
um, Red Hot Chili Peppers for Danny California for sounding like Last Dance with Mary Jane. Or huh. yeah, then Mary Jane's Last Dance, and then he, I think he and Sam Smith had to work something out at one point because he was uh, doing the Stay with Me is pretty much won't back down, but just slower. <laughs> I don't no clue why I know this stuff. Like, no, I, I yeah, I, I know why you know it. You just got to know you to know I just, why you know it. Yeah. Me and Tom Petty, man. Um, remember that movie, uh, The Postman? Do you ever see that with Kevin Costner? Uh, no, I saw pictures of it, like ads and stuff, but I never actually watched it because it didn't, like, I don't, I really appreciate what the Postal Service does for us, but it just didn't sound like a real, like, you know, it didn't really grab I mean, me. It's like, it's like post-apocalyptic, like everything's, it was set in 2018, I think. Yeah, it's like it's said 2018, and then there's a point where Tom Petty's in it playing himself, and they like put age makeup on him and everything. He's like his big lines like "I used to be famous," and that's pretty much it. But anyways, <laughs> I didn't know it was post-apocalyptic. Now I kind of yeah, man, yeah. What, what did you think it was about? <laughs> I thought it was just about like I don't know, man. The pictures I saw made it look like it was like. Dude, deliver mail like back in like the Civil War era, and I was like, "That sounds fucking dumb." Oh, that's fantastic, Kevin Costner. What are you doing? Like, I'm just delivering this package. <laughs> that's the whole movie. Yeah, it's like that sounds like the lamest shit ever. I mean, Waterworld was cool. That was another kind of post-apocalyptic thing. Or were they on a completely different it's world? Like, no, it, no they remember. were Waterworld. They needed more monsters though. Oh, they had the giant fish. All right, so Waterworld. That was it. That was it though. They needed multiple. Yeah, multiple. Fish, giant, giant, giant things, octopi. Fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you live in like a completely water-covered world, I want to see some big creatures. Like you can just float around and fight dumb like mongoloid pirates all the time. <laughs> the smokers. That's what they, that's what they were. Yeah. They had smokers. And they had the yeah riding the driving the car on the giant oil tanker, and then the bumper stickers is nuke whales. <laughs> My mind like just apparently absorbed everything in the nineties. All of. Apparently everything Kevin Costner <laughs> yeah. and Tom That's Petty. True. Well, you're the one who brought up the uh, Waterworld, man. But uh, yeah, it was like, uh, yeah, it was basically Waterworld, but on land and with the post office. But I think yeah, this is set in 2018, and Tom Petty's in it. But uh, give it a shot, you know. I'm not gonna like. Uh, I've I've probably recommended worse movies to you. I'm not saying this is a good one, but I know I've recommended worse. <laughs> I don't think most, I don't know. Most we'll of see. the time, I will say that it's you who's telling me like check out Conan or Toxic the Toxic Avenger, and like I know, I'm just like ruining your life. Yeah. So now I've got Thanks Killing one and three stuck in my head. Yeah, I gotta watch Velocipaster. That's the next one I have to watch. And that sounds like a, a movie night. All right. Yeah, it's on. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime for free. Um, if you have Amazon Prime. And uh, it's Velocipaster. So there's uh, something about a pastor, like, gets this weird thing. It happens to him where he can turn into a raptor. And there's something about, like, it's either Nazis or, like, some kind of, like, evil nuns. Like, somebody has to die. Like, he's got to kill someone. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's yeah. the good guy in it. Man, this is going to be really so. weird. I'm, I'm really curious as to what that movie is going to say about creationism versus evolution. Like, is intelligent design, <laughs> unintelligent design? I don't know what's going to happen in that movie. Kind of interested <laughs> in just seeing that side of it. Uh, okay, so um, so you also say like say and do like uh, so. If you go back earlier, remember we're, we're kind of bookending this whole 
long story. If you go way, way back, find our, our lesson on chapter five, 17 through 20. Uh, it will talk about this idea of like uh, whoever teaches and does these things like is in the kingdom of heaven. And now you have um, the phrase hear and do anyone who hears and does these like hear and do. So it's like, you kind of catch like him closing out. He's what he said earlier. Now he's saying not just says and does, but now here's what I'm saying and does what I'm telling them. Um, so to accept Jesus is uh, in a way is not just uh, is and not obey his uh, teachings is like this. So that that's another, um, another scholar interprets it that way of saying, you listen to the whole thing, this whole sermon amount, and you listen to it and you go throw that out or you're like, okay, I've, I've got it, but I don't want to follow it. Um, then that's the same thing. Like that's what he's saying. Uh, Jesus calls people foolish. Kind of like how he told people not to call them fools back in five, uh, in chapter five, but you know, who's, who's judging here? Me, I'm judging. <laughs> You're judging. Uh, so like, you know, when you, th- I remember when I first heard this, like this whole flood and the thing I'm thinking like, Back in the 90s, because I lived in the 90s, and it wasn't Waterworld, but it, there was this huge flood in the Mississippi. Do you remember that? Mm, I okay. do not. Well, there was I do one not. year. There was, I was kind of sheltered as a kid. Okay. Uh, you weren't allowed to watch the real news. Like <laughs> You had to watch Bible news. I don't think we watched news at all, oh, honestly. Uh, or maybe it was just me. Like I was always just outside like doing things you were you were experiencing the real world meanwhile i was listening to tom petty and watching ken costner movies <laughs> you were out actually actually building it and i was just thinking if i build it they'll come <laughs> i think i was just living the you know south or southern you know dream like shot my first gun when i was five <laughs> so think think about my liberal upbringing there's no way i was gonna be near a gun five. <laughs> like I was supervised, but then like around seven or eight ish, I was allowed to just kind of go out in the woods with it. It was just a little breakaway 22, like, you know, no big deal. Again, like to, to, to my like ears raising up, that's like, he, he had a semi-automatic weapon and he was taken to school. Like that's like in my head. No, no, no. It was a single shot. You couldn't, you, it took a while to reload. I, again, I'm super ignorant because again, I was raised like, <laughs> there was this little bubble of liberal, like the left leaning way i was raised by the way we're not well i i think you're amazing so that's you know that's fine yeah okay so i'm not too bad you know i was raised on kevin costner and (laughs) tom petty (laughs) thanks mom um could have been worse it could have been could have been uh watching cartoons about uh uh some guy fighting monsters what was it the thing you uh pilgrim's progress yeah oh yeah that's yeah Um, so I had to have that twenty-two rifle out in to the fight woods. off demons. Okay, some case some fucking pilgrim came and tried to like, I don't know, do a progress around me or fight a demon or something. Or there were demons just everywhere. You know, the devil he's behind you all the yeah. time. That, yeah, that's that's what you heard. And meanwhile, I was got to shoot him in the I, face. I was I was being raised under like whatever whatever works for you works for you, man. Um, <laughs> so uh, just for my for our audience to know this. Uh, hopefully you get the fact that we don't really care left or right <laughs> politically. First of all, let's start with that. Yeah, yeah, seriously. And then secondly, this. like I am very happy with like being raised in the way I was raised. So there's no shade at all towards my awesome upbringing. So uh, we both yeah, had great yeah. parents. 
except I didn't have to go to Sunday school, sucker. Mm. Um, and I got to go to public. I hated. And I got to go to church. public school. I get to have real friends. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, sorry, I'm I'm like I'm distracting us this time. Uh, so, I remember first hearing about this, like when you hear about this house and everything built, and then they talk about this flood. I was thinking about okay, like. I remember when I was a kid, there's the Mississippi and you'd see like the houses of uh, like the, the roofs over houses and stuff. Like that's what I thought the first time I heard this, which I can't remember if it was in college or if it was in high school when I first heard the story, but like, okay, so all this water is going to come and knock these houses over. And I thought like huge amounts, but then I started thinking the pictures I've seen of Israel, it doesn't seem like a, like going to have 30 feet of water. And, and also how, like, how do you not realize like, Oh shoot, there's a whole lot of water coming up right now. Like get some sandbags. Again, I'm not sure if they had bags, but I know they had a lot of sand. So I was like, I wasn't sure what to think about until somebody explained to me that, um, like, or explained to me, I had to look it up and thanks. Thank you. YouTube for helping me out. They have, uh, in the Palestinian desert, there's like, it's usually easier to build on a sandy surface than it is a bedrock. And also they have these things called, I think they're, Oh, when it, you have a flood of a wadi, it's like a flash flood. So think of swift moving water only lasting for a few minutes. And it might be, it might be a foot deep, maybe to two feet deep, but you can have like four inches or something of just really swift moving water that can change kind of the sandy area that you're on. So it makes sense. Like hmm. yeah, fast moving water, just moving all the, everything under on the ground just rocks and everything just gets moved really quickly in a very, in only a few minutes. Um, you can look it up, like look up, uh, I think W A D I Wadi, then type in flooding, look it up under on YouTube. You can find some clips of just, it'll rain. And then it might be like all far away. And like 30 minutes later, after it's been raining somewhere else, 30 minutes later, like they'll just have a rush of, of, of coming through of water. Really? And it'll like screw up people's well, houses. And not stuff? if you actually like, dig it like put it on a good solid ground like on a good bedrock but it will like push oh. everything down yeah um luke actually he says digs down and puts it on solid rock um uh one of the scholars just says like the person's building it but they're thinking themselves i'm gonna go ahead and use sand instead of salt like like duh anybody puts a house on rock like this is not a normal thing you don't go i'm gonna build this this house on sand like that's not a good plan and then, right. uh, so this, uh, this, the sand, like the whole sand, when he's saying like, build your house in solid rock, like listen, the whole here and do this, like, listen to me, hear what I'm saying and do that. And, and you'll be like this, you'll be like somebody who built it on solid rock. So the sand could actually be the teaching of the false prophets we mentioned last episode or the scribes and the Pharisees that he keeps kind of alluding to throughout this whole thing. Um, those, then when I say the scribes and the Pharisees, I'm not talking about the people that write stuff down in the, in the. Like the, I am talking about them, but specifically the hypocrisy or the the people of that group that is hypocritical. That's kind of like um, like we just in case you haven't been following us this whole time. Uh, that's kind of like saying all Democrats are this way or all Republicans are this way. Like you might believe that, but you've got to realize that like people aren't all fully one hundred percent this way. So he's talking. He's calling out right a very specific group within the Pharisee party. Um, and this and the groups within the the scribes, and these are the people that just suck at life. That's my quick expl- explanation. So, um, both characters, so like the, the 
people that are building the houses, both characters are doing the same work. Both houses are presented as equally strong. Uh, just one is lazy and the other one is actually wise and planning for flooding. So like these are equal houses, everything built on, on upward, uh, aside from the foundation, they're completely equal. That's, that's kind of what he's, he's laying out here. So it's not that one is a crappy house. One's a better house. It's the foundation that they were built on. That's the issue. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, Jesus, man, he's he's got it put together. Uh, <laughs> all right, do you want to go ahead and read us all the way through? So we're gonna go verse twenty-eight, and we're gonna go. Um, so the chapter marks that are in the Bibles were not originally uh, originally put in there. Originally, these were just written as just walls of text, no spacing, nothing, just capital letters straight through. So eventually people are like, we got to be able to refer to things, you know, mostly so we can piss each other off and yell at each other and be like, um, Corinthians 17, 12 says you're wrong. And then somebody else goes, uh, uh-uh, uh, Nehemiah 78, four says that you're wrong. Like that's, that's what Christian. They're, they're playing. Yeah, yeah, that's, really that's well, why Christians you. did it. That's not the truth, but that was added. The true part is it was added later, not for the purpose of screaming at each other, but that's what we use it for <laughs> now. So, yes. All right. So we're at eight, verse one. Got it. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. When he came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. Boom. So uh, what's kind of interesting is that he doesn't quote another rabbi as they did, because usually what you'd say, it's like, like you say something, I'm like, Chris, where in the world did you pull that from? Like, you have this crazy idea and you're trying to tell me something. Where did you hear that from? And so like in today's political climate, you're just like, well, I saw it on. And then you name your like news source or whatever, like you try and give credibility to what you're saying and you don't necessarily want to cl- claim it as your own idea. I've actually seen this in practice in China. Um, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, really? this was in the Taoist temple where I did see them at a point, like say, like they're trying to tell their opinion, but they don't want to share their opinion and be the jerk. So they're like, you know, so-and-so says it's like, it'd be like, it'd be like going around being like, you know, George Washington said he would never tell a lie. Like you're telling your son this, you're not telling him don't lie. You're giving an example of like our president said he would never tell a lie. Something like that. He chopped down cherry trees and whatever, you know? So you, you, you come up with that kind of stuff. So that's what you, you can see. Like there, there's some credence. Like it's a very tactful way of going about that conversation. I'm not saying you're a jerk. I'm saying somebody else saying, is saying you're a jerk. So um so i've seen that in practice so so they're kind of like they're used to doing that and so he's speaking as somebody who who has authority um let's see here i'm gonna throw some uh quotes out here blomberg just a scholar uh such preaching reflects either the height of presumption and heresy or the fact that he was a true spokesman of god whom we dare dare not ignore so like blomberg saying like he's either full of himself or he really is the real deal uh might be instead of saying like, uh, and also the other thing is like, instead of saying, so Adonai says like God, like or lo- the Lord says your God uh, or our God of Israel says, instead of going that way, he says, I say to you. So maybe that's like another way of interpreting it, you know, but I, I'm, I just saw that. I, I 
could also see this just natural rabbinic argument. You've heard it said, blah, 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 but I say to you, blah, 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 which is not too out of the norm, I don't think, but maybe the issue is that he's saying, I say to you. And so that's maybe presumption there. Um, they used to try and trace this back to other rabbinical sources, kind of like we said earlier, you citing things, but he's just saying, he's just like laying out his thoughts and then piecing out. Um, what about the teachers of the law? So like the, so the scribes might not have challenged the status quo in the same way that Jesus did. Like maybe that's what makes him different because they're used to hearing the scribes and the Pharisees and the rabbis say stuff like this, but then to, to have Jesus just jump in there and just go like throw it down. Like he is, he did like, yeah, he just challenged the status quo in a way that other people hadn't. Um, the phrase amazed, uh, another way of translating that is to be filled with amazement to the point of being overwhelmed. So people don't even know what to say. Like Jesus just said so much stuff. They're like, I, I don't even know how to respond to that from what he's just done. Um, and this is also uh, Matthew's five speeches uh, that end with this phrase, when Jesus had finished saying these things. So this, uh, we mentioned this earlier that Matthew has five separate sections of teaching. And so each one ends with this. So when Jesus had finished saying these things, boom. So this ends our first section of Matthew and then coming down the mountain this is that verse one. This is why I don't think that that verse is in the right place. He comes down the mountain and closes the section of Matthew uh, off because we went, I think it's in verse chapter five, verse three, it says Jesus went up the mountain and sat down and began teaching them. So now he's coming down. So it just kind of closes it out. And so that is how we wrap up however many episodes on the Sermon on the Mount. This is like what thirty. It feels like 45, that. I'm just the sermon like on the mount. We're we're done. So I think we get into like some more like Jesus starts doing stuff again. Like it, 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 Matthew's very much teaching section. He just wraps it up like, all right, let's that's, go heal some shit. That's exactly what happens next. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, so thank you all for joining us on a another crazy adventure. Yeah, yeah, we finished the uh, the big sermon with all the. There will be more quotable things after this too. I mean, Jesus doesn't just like hang, throw in the towel. <laughs> the rest this, is really so. boring stuff. We'll just like plow through it, be done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, thanks for joining us and um, check us out online, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, leave us some comments, ideas, complaints, yeah, cool. any of it, and uh, we'll all catch right, you, you next time.